What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 313 of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk podcast. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango, and this is the Hot Tags edition of the week, where I'll be running down some of the current events, rumors, news, gossip, and everything else that went down in the world of professional wrestling over the past couple of days. First things first, as you can tell, I am sick as a dog. Actually, my dog is in better health than I am right now. I uh, postponed, I was going to record the hot tags last night, but I actually ended up passing out in the middle of Monday Night Raw at a couple different points here and there. Totally missed that whole segment with uh, Absolution, as they're calling themselves now. Woke up and they were at the end of beating uh, beating up Sasha Banks and stuff, so I kind of missed out here and there, and that's because I've just been completely out of it. Uh, My nose um, and sinuses and all that are terrible, so you're going to hear a horrible voice throughout this whole podcast. My apologies when it comes to that. This is the best that I can do. Uh, That's also going to push back our mailbag by an extra day. I'm hoping that by Thursday when we record that, since that'll be a longer podcast, that'll actually be much clearer and have more energy and such. But um, those are the... uh, Problems that you run into on the holidays where you're around family more and if one person's sick, then multiple people get sick and, you know, it's just one of those things you got to deal with. So uh, blame Thanksgiving, blame the pilgrims, blame all of our forefathers here in America and all those people for why you're hearing a uh, terrible, terrible audio quality this time around. At least uh, the audio quality itself has been somewhat figured out, it seems. Nobody's been mentioning that it's been too low recently. Uh, maybe that's just because they stopped listening or something like that. I don't know. But, uh, eh, you know, something else to think about. But nonetheless, let's get into these topics. Some of them are not going to be all that great. Some of them are going to be a little bit better. This has been a kind of slow news week, so I tried to cram in as many things as possible as far as any kind of rumors or any kind of news that we had going on right now, just to kind of bulk this out a little bit. But we're going to start off With some news about Drew McIntyre, we know from NXT TakeOver War Games that he was very clearly injured, and now we know a little bit more about that. He does indeed have a bicep injury, and he's expected to be out with this injury until at least April 2018. So there are some reports saying that he was due to be called up to the main roster pretty soon, and obviously those plans have been put on hold, but that may be for the better. Because if you've looked at people in the past... Anytime that somebody's been brought up before WrestleMania, they tend not to do all that well. Whether it's even Samoa Joe, he didn't even have a WrestleMania match that year. Or you've got people like the Ascension, they didn't really have anything that they were able to do. I think the Lucha Dragons were somebody that came up before WrestleMania or so. Doesn't really work out all that well, 100%. So this might be a blessing in disguise for Drew McIntyre. And when he comes up to the main roster, we'll miss him a little bit more a little bit later on. And maybe he'll make an even bigger deal. Uh, it still sucks that he's injured. still sucks to have to go through all that kind of stuff. But it's not going to be the end of the world. Uh, my thoughts on the Table for Three Legendary Rivals episode that was just on Monday Night Raw afterward. Uh, skip it. <laughs> Flair, this is the only note to have written down the entire thing, was Flair seems so out of it. This was just so boring and flat. Nobody really talked about anything. Sting barely talked at all. It was mostly just Flair laughing and mentioning a couple of little aside comments and stuff. This was terrible. This is one of the worst Table for Threes that I've ever seen. One of the worst actual specials on the network, period, that I've ever seen. 
just nothing good going for it. Definitely skip it. Don't waste your time at all. In fact, I wasted too much of your time even talking about how this month sucks. It just don't bother. Uh, on the side of WWE and programming and stuff like that, there are rumors going around right now that they're going to produce a new show for Facebook Live and that it's going to premiere in January. And funny enough that it's also going to happen after SmackDown, which means that it would either replace 205 Live or they would film it ahead of time, like uh, 205 Live would be maybe coming onto the network before SmackDown or something like that. I don't think that they would be getting rid of the 205 Live show. I think that that's something that they've invested a little bit too much into and that they won't necessarily want to do that, especially if there are rumors that the UK division show is going to be taping somewhat soon. 205 Live needs to be live. They can't call 205 Live and have it pre-recorded. Outside of, like, you know, a few random times that went here and there. The United Kingdom show, we still don't know what the name of that is. That can be pre-recorded, kind of like NXT. This Facebook Live thing, though, that has to be live. And if that's going to happen after SmackDown, it can't happen at the same time as 205 Live. I don't think 205 Live is coming to Facebook Live either. So the rumors going around for this are that it could be a mix of Raw and SmackDown superstars fighting for brand supremacy, which I think is a horrible idea. Uh, that just defeats the purpose of the whole separation of the brand split. And there's also a thing about a mixed tag team affair, which I think is stupid as hell too. I personally would hope that this is something that isn't like another main event where it's just random matches for no reason whatsoever because nobody's going to end up watching it. If you keep giving us Apollo Crews defeated Kurt Hawkins, nobody's going to give a shit. Nobody's going to watch it. But why not try something out here? Why not make it the all-women's show if you want to do something like that? That might get some people tuning in. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't think this is a good idea no matter what it is. And it'll be interesting to see what truth comes out of it and what they do try. But I wouldn't be too shocked if it's something that isn't going to make all that much money for WWE, nor is it going to end up being something that gets a lot of views, nor is it going to be something that gets a lot of positive feedback. I just don't think it's a good idea. It might be. Who knows? I don't know. Until more information comes out, I still think it's a bad idea. And uh, the idea of future shows, we've got a lot of different topics that kind of tie into that. One of them is that Starcade was such a success that they are going to most likely be returning uh, to that format in 2018, that they this was one of the best live events they've had in a long time. So next year, Starcade possibly coming back around to the Thanksgiving show. I think that that's a good idea. It did get a lot of attention. And why not, right? Why not give a little bit more pizzazz to the live event shows? Gets more people interested in things. Another thing is that there is speculation that we're not just only going to have potentially a women's Royal Rumble match, but that we could also get a women's Elimination Chamber match. Now, I'm going to hold some of my opinions for this until later on because I plan on writing an article for both of these, whether it's on Smart Cat Moment or on eWrestling News or Sportskeeda or Bleacher Report or whatever case may be. Uh, so I will dive more into that later on. But I will say, just generally speaking, I think that the women's Royal Rumble is a very good idea if they have enough people and they do if you include NXT and Mayon Classic folk. The women's elimination chamber match, I think, is also a great idea. And that could be one way or another because I prefer my elimination chamber to be for a number one contender spot. 
and I wish that Elimination Chamber this year will be a Monday Night Raw branded event, and that that's going to be where Roman Reigns wins his you know, determining factor of who, how he gets to fight Brock Lesnar. I don't want that match to happen, but it's going to happen, so I might as well just fucking deal with it. Uh, the Elimination Chamber for the women's thing, I don't know, because I still think both that and the Royal Rumble should be the number one contenders thing for the women as well. And when it comes to that kind of a scenario, kind of makes you think that the Elimination Chamber would have to be kind of a same similar setup. And if it's a Monday Night Raw branded event, let's say SmackDown wins the Royal Rumble, Monday Night Raw gets the Elimination Chamber. Then that would mean that the SmackDown woman would have to win the women's Royal Rumble as well. And that the Raw Elimination Chamber for the women's match would be the same kind of a thing. And that that's kind of dumb. So there's a little bit of flexibility. Maybe in that case, that's where the champion defends the title or something like that. I don't know. My personal preference is... SmackDown guy wins the Royal Rumble this year. Roman Reigns goes into the Elimination Chamber to win the right to challenge Brock Lesnar. Then we get a women's match for both. And maybe, depending on what's going on with the whole deal with the four horsewomen, maybe we get Asuka winning the Royal Rumble and she gets to challenge Alexa Bliss at WrestleMania. Maybe Nia Jax is in the mix. Maybe Paige is in the mix. Maybe it's a fatal four-way like that. I don't know. And then uh, the Elimination Chamber on Monday Night Raw for the women at that match would be just Alexa Bliss defending the title or something like that. It's a little bit awkward, and I don't think that WWE is playing this out, but I do think that there's potential that they can figure out a way for it to work pretty well. With all these new women that we've got on the roster right now, there are some different things that we can talk about with them, too. There's a little bit of some name changes. We've got the page group is going to be called Absolution. The Ruby Riot group is going to be called the Riot Squad, and uh, Ruby Riot herself has changed from Ruby Riot to Ruby Riot. Doesn't seem like that makes sense, right? Well, it's actually just an extra T on her name, and it seems like the reason why is because of a trademark dispute of some sort, where they just figured, fuck it, let's just add another T, and then that way we can actually trademark it for real. Uh, I don't really necessarily like that idea, but hey, it happens sometimes, and that's kind of what happened with the core, which I hated too, but it's not the end of the world, it's not like they changed their name. I hate how they got rid of Luke Harper and Eric Rowan and just made them Harper and Rowan like they do before, so it's better that they didn't just make her Ruby. But uh, the Riot Squad, I think, is kind of a lame name, and Absolution, I think, is kind of a lame name too. I really would have wanted to have some kind of separation between these kind of things, uh, as well, I don't like the idea that we've got a group of three heel women that came on Raw and attacked everybody, and then the following night on SmackDown, a group of three heel women came and attacked everybody. It just seems like it's the same exact idea. Like, they had this idea of having a couple people come up and attack everybody, and they pitched it to both Raw and SmackDown, and they both said, let me try, and they go, well, let's see how which one like you could do better, you know, is the raw brand going to do better with this idea or is the SmackDown brand? That's what it seems like to me. I don't really like them yet. There are some potential ideas where this could be kind of fun and stuff, but it just, eh, I'm not sold on it yet. Uh, the Ruby Riot name change. Fine. Go for it. Whatever. Uh, it is what it is. You know what I mean? But those new release, uh, not new releases, those new call-ups 
have people worried that that means that there might be some potential releases coming up soon because whenever there's an influx of talent, it seems like one of the things that WWE tends to do, especially when they're in cost-cutting procedure tactics, is that they release some people. And we just recently lost Summer Rae, and we just lost uh, James Ellsworth, and we lost uh, Darren Young, and somebody else too, wasn't it? My God, I'm actually forgetting who it was. Oh, it was uh, Emma. That was the other person. Yeah, totally forgot about her. But uh, there are rumors, of course, all the time that people could potentially be released, and the idea of having an influx of talent always stirs up the pot a little bit more because there could be people from NXT that are going to be released. There could be people from the main roster. And the phrasing from Meltzer was marginal talent is worried. So who would be marginal talent? Well, on a regular basis... I would say it would have been Alicia Fox as one of the potentials that could have been potentially worried, but they just recently gave her a pretty good spot at the Survivor Series. I mean, she was the team captain. That's pretty damn good. I would be worried about Dana Brooke, though. She, for sure, would be on my watch list. I don't think that she has much going for her at all right now. I don't think that they are ever really going to be all that serious in pushing her. So she's somebody who could be on the bubble. I don't think anybody else on Monday Night Raw is at damage, uh, at risk, no matter what, I could see potentially maybe Lana. And it seems like she's not a marginal talent, but hear me out. We have heard a lot of Rusev complaints and Lana complaints, and I wouldn't be too shocked if they ended up both leaving. That's a possibility. Tamina... She never really does all that much. It wouldn't shock me if she were to be released at any point. I don't really think anybody else on SmackDown, though, is too much at risk because they can't get rid of Becky. They can't get rid of Charlotte. I think Naomi's proven herself enough that she's going to be around for a while. Natalia's a lifer, so that's that's they're good. But NXT women, Aaliyah, she is in danger. She could very well be released. I think that you could potentially see some of the people who haven't had much going on get released, like maybe Zeta or Zia Lee or, you know, uh, somebody like Arena Gonzalez who hasn't really gotten started yet. But I don't think we're really going to see that many releases, if any. I think that this is just a matter of them wanting to spice things up and let's see if they do it, you know? But I don't think that people should be too worried about this. I don't think that this is going to be like some mass exodus or something like that. One contract that might be coming up pretty soon, though, is WWE's deal with NBC Universal. And the story going around with this now is what happens all the time is that they're going to be shopping around and asking other people if they have a better offer that they can give them. And the main things that are interesting when it comes to this are that they are talking to Fox and YouTube and Amazon. Fox, I think makes a lot more sense, but I don't think that there's all that much to it, because if you've been following stuff with Disney recently, Fox and Disney have had a lot of discussions about possibly merging in some capacities. They couldn't fully merge, because Disney wouldn't be able to control the same markets entirely that Fox does, because you could only have a certain amount of different networks and different things like that. But, what's weird is there would be some crossover, and it's all boils down to, that's going to be my phrase for a while, I think, that's stuck in my brain, so you're going to be hearing that a lot. 
Uh, it all boils down to the idea that Fox was recently thinking about selling off some of its assets to Disney. I don't think there'd be all that well, uh, what would the word be? They're in that good of standing, I guess, to be able to offer WWE something that NBC Universal wouldn't already either be able to match and just keep everything going or they'd be able to beat. YouTube and Amazon, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. WWE's not going to be a YouTube-specific show. Neither is it going to be for Amazon. Amazon doesn't have the same type of people as a network television deal does. And I know that USA is not the same as NBC 10, like my net broadcast, or NBC 8, or you know whatever your uh, regular basic network is, but NBC is NBC. Amazon is completely different. YouTube is still going to be considered just a YouTube thing. There's no legitimacy yet to YouTube that could be applicable to something like that. And WWE would lose out if they went to YouTube or Amazon. And I just don't think that Fox is going to be able to match anything. So I think that this is going to be all about nothing. I think that when the time comes, we're going to see that WWE re-signs with NBC Universal, And it's going to be water under the bridge kind of a thing. The last thing to talk about as far as the whole idea of the future of different television shows and stuff go, is that Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks are thinking about financing on their own a 10,000-seat event with Ring of Honor. They'd partner up with Ring of Honor, and the goal is that they would sell out every single seat, and this is mostly just a pride and ego thing. This is because they had been said before, well, Ring of Honor is never going to be able to sell 10,000 seats and whatever like that. So Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks want to personally finance and put the money forward to make an event that would sell that. Cody Rhodes has said that his dream main event for that would be himself against Daniel Bryan. Who knows if that's a possibility because we don't know what Daniel Bryan's going to end up doing when his contract comes up, but it is something that is a potential possibility. And we know that we're not going to be able to get Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho at this event, but who knows if they can get Chris Jericho to make another appearance? They have a little bit of a connection now with him with a Ring of Honor. Could be. I don't know. Could be Cody Rhodes versus uh, Chris Jericho. Could be Cody Rhodes versus Kenny Omega. Could be something crazy going on here. And I wouldn't put it past them. If they do enough of a promotion for this, they might be able to sell that. Uh, I wish them all the success, of course, because that's great if they can. You know, it helps out the pro wrestling world if they're able to get that going on. So I'm interested in seeing it and if they can figure out a way to get this to work and really kind of, I don't know, get like, um, get enough boost of, uh, interest from different people, then all the better, man. Like that'd be pretty sweet to see that kind of a thing going on. Uh, we have two more topics to talk about here and then I'm going to call it quits. I know I sound terrible. Um, feeling like crap. I keep having to keep stopping and pausing this and picking it back up and clearing my throat and stuff. But uh, real quick thing here: there is a new book that's going to be released on March thirteenth, twenty eighteen, about the new day. It is called "The Book of Booty." Shake it, love it, never be it. I don't really know what it's about, but it's about the new day. And if you follow WWE books, then go ahead and. Check that out, and when we get a little bit closer to that, maybe I'll have some kind of a giveaway for it or some kind of a book review or something like that, so stay tuned when it comes to that stuff. The very last topic to talk about here is the thumbnail and you know the main title and all that other kind of stuff. 
the whole situation with Finn Balor. Everything that's going around now says that Finn Balor will not be receiving his title shot against Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble in 2018. Not because they don't want to have necessarily Brock Lesnar versus Finn Balor happen at that event and that they want to push it later on, but that they don't want it to necessarily happen at all. And they are trying to figure out other ways to have Brock Lesnar show up and who he could defend his title against. But the point being, they don't think that Finn Balor is over enough. Finn Balor has been joking about this on social media recently, posting stuff like, I am not over finishing this turkey in the oven or, you know, other kind of parodies, that kind of stuff. Zack Ryder did it better, but that's another story. Uh, it brings up a question. Is Finn Balor over enough to receive a title shot against Brock Lesnar? Uh, my answer is no. I don't think that he is. I think that he is popular and you can't deny it. He does have fans, but he is not in any way somebody who I would buy as a potential person who could beat Brock Lesnar. And that's just not in the case of me being somebody who hyperanalyzes things. That's me who, somebody who looks at the two of them and goes, oh yeah, the Brock Lesnar would have whooped the shit out of that guy. And Finn Balor has a lot of things working against him. The demon character thing isn't a character. It's a face paint. That's it. Face paint, a little bit of shoulder paint, the same exact entrance, the same exact performer, the same exact everything. So you can't just be like, well, the demon's going to be Brock Lesnar. Ooh, wow, that's different. Brock Lesnar's going to be scared. No, Brock Lesnar went through Braun Strowman, he went through Samoa Joe, he went through Roman Reigns, he beat The Undertaker, he beat John Cena, he beat Triple H, he beat Randy Orton, he beat Big Show. He's beating everybody. He's not going to be scared of fucking Finn Balor. And Finn Balor hasn't been getting all that much good stuff to do ever since he returned from his injury. I think that they need to stop pushing Finn Balor as this top guy. And they need to give him a mid-card reign. And that's where he's going to excel. Then eventually, maybe in the future, he can get back to that top level again. Right now, he's not at that level. If you can start fighting Elias, and you can conceivably uh, conceivably lose to Elias. I like Elias, by the way. But he has no main eventer right now. If you can lose to him, and it's okay, and the fans accept it, that means that you're not good enough to be able to fight Brock Lesnar. It's just how it goes. That's like trying to say that Jason Jordan would be ready for Brock Lesnar. He's not. Now, if you think that Finn Balor is over enough, he's still going to lose, and he's still going to get his ass whooped, because you should in that scenario. But if we try to figure out some other alternatives, who could Brock Lesnar realistically fight when it comes to the Royal Rumble? You got to think, it's got to be somebody on Monday Night Raw. It can't be somebody on SmackDown. So that rules out a good, good portion of people, because even though that there are some people on SmackDown that could work, why would you ever have them against that person? There is no crossover anymore. It's not like it's a co-branded event where they actually fight each other and it's like uh, what Survivor Series was. No. So that rules out somebody like, say, a uh, even like a John Cena. You could make him with a free agent. He can go around, but I think that that isn't necessarily the case. It rules out a rematch with Randy Orton. It rules out a Shinsuke Nakamura match. That could happen down the line. Can't happen here. Uh, I think what this ends up being is, if you look at the people that are on the Monday Night Raw roster, 
you can't do certain people. There's certain people that you've already done before. I think it boils down, uh, I said it again, to basically one name. And I don't like this idea all that much, but it's the only thing that makes sense, and that's Bray Wyatt. Brock Lesnar versus Bray Wyatt is not something that's going to sell too crazily, but it is a match that we didn't really get to see, and it's something that maybe some people would be interested in. Plus, we know the Royal Rumble's going to sell. The Royal Rumble's going to sell because it's the Royal Rumble. It's not going to sell because of Brock Lesnar. So I think that Bray Wyatt's the only thing that you can do. You can't do Braun Strowman again. Brett, Big Cass is injured. Nobody's going to give a shit about Apollo Crews. Nobody's going to care about Heath Slater. You can't do... I mean, maybe you can do Kane. Kane versus Brock Lesnar, maybe. But I don't think that that would really work too well. I don't think that Kane would really be up for it. But that's a possibility. Maybe that. I'd be more interested in that than uh, Bray Wyatt match. Um, but you can't do the Ambrose. You can't do Rollins. And what are you going to do? You're going to do, do like Carl Anderson? No, it's not going to work. Like, So I think that they're kind of screwed. And I think that that's because they didn't plan this out all that well. And I can harp on that as much as possible. But that's kind of what a lot of things end up uh, running down to is just the idea that they didn't really plan it out. And if they did Finn Balor, oh, well, go ahead and do it. I'm not going to really care. And he'll get his ass keep beat. So I think that Finn Balor's uh, in the doghouse a little bit right now. And I don't think he's necessarily deserving of it, but I don't think that he's proven himself to not be uh, in a better spot or something like that. I think that there's a lot of problems with the Finn Balor character and that they need to kind of diminish what he, not really diminish him because you don't want to say diminish, but they need to lower their expectations a little bit. He needs to be a mid-carder right now. I think he's better suited off for that. But I want to know what you guys have to say about this and about all the other topics that I've talked about here. So make sure that you leave your comments in the comments section below, of course, on YouTube. If you're listening to this on iTunes and Stitcher, then leave a comment on the website's post itself. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Smartout Moment. And if you want to be aware of the next video, which is going to be coming out, which is the mailbag for November, then hit that subscribe button on YouTube and ring that bell for notifications. Just check off that you want to receive them and you should get notifications of when that video is posted. Probably sometime Thursday afternoon, Thursday night, something like that. Uh, if you haven't any, uh, haven't sent in any mailbag questions that you want to, go ahead and do that as soon as possible so we can get some time to be able to do that. But for now, this has been another Smart Cow Moment, and I'm being counted out.